Welcome back to the Major Journey Podcast. Today's special guest is the co-owner and lead grower at Mary Hill Hemp, a family-owned craft cannabis hemp farm in North Carolina. Mary Hill Hemp grows high CBD sun-grown hemp and is the proud home to America's very first pick-your-own-hemp season, now an annual tradition at the farm during harvest. Mary Hill Hemp believes flower to the people means power to the people and is an advocate for community engagement with cannabis and cannabis equity reform. And I'm super excited to dive right on into this. And so without further ado, Grace Holtkamp, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Grace, thank you so much for, I know this is a super busy time for you, uh, as we were kind of just talking about right before we went on air. Um, so I appreciate you jumping on on the podcast and telling us a little bit about, about your cannabis journey and sort of how you know you got to where you are with with Mary Hill Hemp. And so I think a great place for us to to start is, you know, what was what was it that brought you into the cannabis industry and kind of what was that journey like that took you from point A to where you are now today with Mary Hill Hemp? And I'd also love to know how the the pick your own hemp season came about, which we can get into that later. But I think that's a great place to start. Sure. Yeah. Um, and what a journey it has been. Um, so we started growing hemp in, in 2017. Uh, my farm has been in our family since 1754. So it's a century farm in North Carolina. Uh, always a small, uh, very small family owned operated business. Uh, no history of being large scale or plantation style or anything like that. Um, but we were really interested in uh, trying to diversify to help keep the small farm going and hemp seemed really interesting. So we got our license in 2017. Our first real season was in 2018. That was kind of our first real harvest. Um, and at that time, uh, I was born in North Carolina and I grew up on our farm, but I was living in the United Kingdom. I had been living there for gosh, 12 or 13 years at that point. Um, I had just finished a PhD in literature at the University of Oxford, and I was living in London, oh. working uh, a very high-stressed, um, competitive job at a large PR agency in the city center. Uh, mostly corporate communications. Most of my clients were in the finance sector. Um, I was doing a lot of traditional press office work, um, and I was in, you know, I was enjoying it. Um, it, it was, it was paying the bills and I do really love PR and comms work. Uh, but I would still make regular visits back to North Carolina to help, um, help out of the farm and see my family. And at that time, um, we're also an event venue. So we already had some agritourism going on and I would usually fly in, help with the busy wedding seasons and then go back to my life in London. Um, so, but for the first hemp season, uh, it was a little different. I uh, pretty much got home, um, was given some boots and gloves and clippers and said, told, you know, here you go. We're, we're harvesting hemp. We need everybody we can, we can get to help us. Uh, that first season was very chaotic. I was kind of just plunged into that. I'd never seen a cannabis plant before. I had no idea what hemp was. I did not even know that it was cannabis. So I just pitched in um, and that first season really reset my very overworked and burnt out mind, um, mm. working with the plants that first of all, I just fell in love with. I thought they were beautiful. 
I, there was something about being around them and handling them that calmed me down. I, I'm, I, I have had anxiety all my life and my high stress job was not helping that at that time. Um, and these plants were just very, just impressive and incredible to me. And then I started learning more about what they are and what they can do. And in that first season, um, an agronomy student was talking to me, telling me, you know, a little bit about the plants. And he explained how um, an acre of hemp pulls more CO2 from the air than an acre of trees. And I'm standing there looking at our little one acre of hemp. And I was mm -hmm. just blown away. I thought, how did I not know this? How, how did I not know anything about what this plant can do? And then obviously learning about CBD and the, we raise high CBD hemp and knowing that these plants that we were harvesting by hand, that we'd grown by hand was going to actually provide relief to people somewhere. And, you know, it's, it's such an incredible plant for the environment. I, I just got so carried away and, and caught up in it. And um, it felt like very meaningful work to be growing something that was so good for the earth and for our bodies. And that was just getting its new fresh start after being banned for so long. So um, it was, and I, a lot of people say this, um, it's a very seductive plant. It, it, it's mm -hmm. um, it, it, in the way that it, um, it really draws you in and, and you start to think about all the things that it can do. And so that was kind of um, how I first was introduced to it. And I continued to stay involved uh, mostly through harvest. And then I left my corporate job and I left London. I, I still have my dual citizenship deal, but um, I moved back to North Carolina. We felt like if we were gonna do hemp, we needed somebody to really take over that side of the business. And mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we're a small family, so it was, it was gonna be me or, or nobody. So uh, <laughs> right. having never grown row crops in my life, um, I, uh, I just said, okay, I'm going to give this a shot because I felt in my gut that I just loved being around these plants and it felt like a way to contribute and support the farm. And the more I learned, the more I thought this, this plant is going to, is going to make a big difference. This plant is, is going to be here to, to stay if we can, you know, get it off the ground because we were that first generation of, of farmers to get licenses when the ban was removed. Right. Wow. So that's, I'm almost speechless. That, oh. that's, that's one heck of a story. So, so what, what really blows my mind was just how you went from a, we can, we can call it a, a very traditional career path. And mm -hmm. it was something you, you enjoyed, but it was all at the same time, it was also very stressful and it took a big toll. Now, transitioning over to agricultural work, where it's almost like like night and day versus just sitting in an <laughs> office all day and looking at a computer screen and, and talking on the phone and sending emails. But there was this just feeling of relief. That's that's kind of what I'm what I'm picking up. And I think it's it's so important that people realize how important it is, even if you do have an office job or you're in a high stress environment, even just getting out and not even, not even necessarily having to get your hands dirty, but even just going out and walking through a field like that, 
whether it be cannabis plants or whether you're just walking through a forest or on a greenway, whatever it might be, it's so fascinating how much of a stress reliever it can be with no music and you're just walking oh, yes. through and you're just surrounded by trees, surrounded by nature. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable to me how much, um, just how much that can help with, with relieving stress. Absolutely. I mean, we know that even just images of nature lower our blood pressure. I mean, it is, uh, it's something you're doing that's not screen time, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it is very important. I, I do believe in trying to uh, work different parts of our brains and our personalities. And um, so, you know, for me who had been, I'd been doing this office job for a while and I was coming out of academia, a long time in academia, I was, you know, teaching undergraduates and that's a very controlled environment. Um, it was, it was, it was, like I said, it was this reset and it's a big part of why um, I also really have always been passionate about our farm's agritourism commitments because we are so fortunate to have this land and it is something that we want to share with others because when they, when people come out to the farm, whether it's for an event or a wedding or to pick their own hemp um, or sometimes just for photo shoots, that type of thing, um, it is such a, an immersive and relaxing experience. And it's something that I wish so many more people had access to. And among all the feedback that we get, um, a lot of people purely love coming out uh, just because they get that experience of being on a farm. And it's a little different from being, you know, even in a park, but as you say, you know, any, any exposure to getting outdoors, uh, getting away from your screen, walking on a little bit of uneven terrain, maybe getting a little Mm -hmm. dirt on your shoes, you know, um, that, that I think can be really good. And I think a lot of people are coming around to that. It's not so foreign anymore. The idea of looking out for or seeking out uh, different types of weekend experiences or um, holiday experiences where maybe you can incorporate a farm or a farm stay. I really have been encouraged by how that has become more and more popular. Um, and, and it's good to see small farms also making, um, you know, being able to benefit from that because they're such an important part of their communities. And um, a lot of people go their whole lives and never meet a farmer. And it's sort of like, you know, there's more than just big ag and, um, and you know, your main street shops. Uh, of the, a lot of these small farms are doing amazing things, creative things, exciting things. Mm-hmm. I went to a farm down the road that, you know, does mushroom demonstrations. And I, it's just, it was just kind of like, why not? Why do I want to go, I don't know, watch a movie or something when, why not? Let's go do that. It's outside. I'll, I'll learn what they're doing, you know? Um, so yeah, it's so good for the body and mind and hemp, uh, just for us just happened to be the way that we were able to, to really lock into that and, and share what we have with, um, with the community. Yeah, I think, and you, you hit on something before the agritourism aspect of it. I think now we're starting to see a lot of really intriguing and interesting ways that are allowing and kind of attracting people to go visit a farm and go experience what it actually looks like and what it feels like and what it smells like and understanding where some of our food comes from or where the hemp actually comes from. What does it look like when it's, you know, before it's, it's in the pre-roll and things like that. So Grace, this is mm-hmm. one thing that I was super excited to talk to you about, which is the pick your own hemp. Um, yeah. 
Can you break that down for us? Because I don't think many people have heard of it, especially considering this is the first um, pick your own hemp season or pick your own hemp farm uh, that I'm aware of at least. So can you just kind of unpack for all of us, you know, what the idea behind that was and how you came up with it, how you developed it and sort of what it's turned into today? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, it's certainly something we're very proud of. Um, it's the highlight of our season uh, every year. And it was a little bit of an out-of-the-box idea, but anyone who knows Mary Hill knows we're a little bit of an out-of-the-box farm in mm -hmm. terms of how we think. Um, so uh, it first came about um, when I became more involved and then became weed grower you know, just from a PR background, I was aware that we were going to need to do some pretty substantial community outreach and engagement work just because it wasn't the case that hemp became legal and it was green light, go grow, you're free to do all of it. It was a lot of public confusion, a lot of legislative uncertainty still. We were still dealing with attempted bans and pushback from law enforcement and uh, conservative groups. So I thought, okay, people don't even understand that CBD comes from hemp. Um, what's the difference between CBD and THC? Why is it that 0.3% THC that hemp has won't get me high? Um, but you know, what, what does that mean? Where does, that, where does all of this come from? And then of course, people trying to get their heads around the fact that, uh, that hemp is a form of cannabis. Um, so we kind of approached it as, okay, we, we're doing something very new and we wanna help people understand this. There was also just a little bit of an aspect of excitement. We, we really felt like we wanted um, almost like a launch, you know, like we wanted to mm -hmm. just have people here and cause it was a special moment. These, these plants have been banned for so long. And we thought this is a big moment for North Carolina that we were growing this plant again. And it has such a storied history and past. And, so let's let the community be part of this. Um, and so we did, and, and it, was, it was a huge success. The first one was in 2018 um, and it's been a tradition ever since. And, and essentially the way that it works is uh, we tend to run it a couple times a week uh, once the plants are in harvest, which is late August or early September. And what that means is uh, we open up the fields and we give people a quick welcome and a quick demonstration on how to tell if um, a, a hemp bud is ready to pick and, and uh, we get them first up close smelling and touching the plants. And of course they smell amazing and everyone's kind of, their mind is blown by the fact that yes, you are here in a cannabis field. And um, you are free to enjoy this. Um, so we show them how to pick uh, what bud is ready. We tell them about the different varieties that we're growing and what their different um, terpene profiles are, what, what, what they might be suited for in terms of what, what, what brings you to the hemp field. Um, it could be just you know, recreation or, or, or maybe you're looking for a pain relief. Um, so we do that uh, demonstration. We talk a little bit about how we're all organic um, and that we're, we explain we're a craft, you know, CBD farm and what CBD is. We have a little handy brochure and we give people clippers and um, we price by the ounce and we show people how to, how to cut an ounce. 
Um, and we turn them loose in the field. And it's the same way you pick anything else that you pick, strawberries or whatever you like. Um, people mm -hmm. just go through and they find what they like. And uh, then we have tables set up all in the in the field there where uh, we give everybody free pizza. And I, I make a CBD lemonade that's really popular. We give everybody CBD lemonade. And we just set everybody up and show them how to um, trim their cannabis. So, um, you know, using the smaller, more delicate pruners. Uh, and we tell them a little bit about how to do that. And everybody just kind of chills out. We listen to some Bob Marley. We just listen to music and eat and hang out and, and help people trim their stuff. And people get to talking, you know, we're all around kind of um, benches and tables and uh, all with the view of this acre of hemp in front of us. And, um, you know, then we just send people home with some information on, on how to dry it and cure it themselves. We also have dried hemp for sale if people just prefer to go ahead and buy some of that while they're there. Um, we also have the CBD salve that's popular that people buy. And uh, then we give them uh, the documents they need, the compliance documents to get the hemp home safely. And we just explain, you know, um, put it in the back of your car, keep it, keep it in the back of your car in a closed, uh, we give people bags to take it home. And then uh, just to make sure that they don't leave it in the bag, they've got to hang it up when they get home so it doesn't go moldy, that type of thing. Just a little bit of DIY information for them. Um, and it's, it, every year that we've done it, it's gotten bigger and bigger. And it's so much work. I'm, you know, I don't want to romanticize it too much because you're running your own harvest and then you've got people in your field and it's a lot to coordinate because we're running up and down, you know, with our loads of stuff that we're harvesting right, and often right. it's not already at the same time. So you're trying to explain to people, you can't pick that, but you can pick the rose with the purple steaks, you know, um, and just making sure everybody's looked after. But what's incredible is, when you're down there, you know, we have a sign down in the hemp field that says good vibes only. And it, and it truly is. I've not, I'm not sure I've seen anything like it, certainly on a farm that it's just, you get people from out of state, people, all ages, backgrounds, races, all walks of life. They're there for different reasons. And everybody's just chilling out, talking, making friends, trimming hemp. It smells so good. And, you know, it's just, um, it's, when we when we did it and then we saw the response we were like oh my gosh we have to keep doing this and we had people telling us you know this is incredible i never thought i would be able to do this and take this home and learn about it um and we and we always everybody always comes back usually with a, a grandma or a, mm -hmm. uh, you know a boyfriend or you know people always bring somebody back and um make friends while they're there so it's so rewarding. And I just believe, I do truly believe it brings some kind of very positive energy to our harvest. And I'm so thankful for that because harvest is such a grueling time, but it really boosts the morale on our farm because we, our small team works so hard. We all have other jobs. So um, that connection and, and the customer feedback, people, you know, the people, we just, you know, we get all the messages and 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 emails and comments and um, just their enthusiasm. I'm I'm really just beaming over here just thinking about it because it's it's just a very positive thing that we're we're very thankful to be uh, able to continue to do. 
Yeah. And it sounds like one of the things I was thinking of as you were describing everything was I could only imagine the the feedback and the experiences that you get to see, or even the looks on people's faces when, you know, especially here in North Carolina, where it's not so openly, um, I don't know if accepted is the right word, but we aren't as progressive as some of the other states who have already, you know, gone through medical legalization and, and even recreational or adult use. Um, and so for them, it must be for, for the folks that are going there for, you know, maybe the first time, or they've always been aware of it or, or informed about cannabis, but now they're able to go to the farm and actually see it in its almost like it's in its purest form and just be able to interact with it um, before it comes off the vine. Like people's reactions must just be so worth all of that hard work and all of the craziness running around. Oh yes. Oh yes. I mean, and people, I mean, people, they're not just, I mean, people kind of like just get giddy. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. so much fun. It, there, I mean, there's, I mean, look, it, there, fun is a big part of this. Um, joy is a big part of it. Um, and what's awesome is that you're right. We do, st- there's still stigma and there's still confusion. Um, but when you are gathered with a group of people, and I swear, I mean, we ju- it just really kind of restores your faith in humanity because every pick your own we do, it's just like more and more awesome people, like cool people. You from you just meet all types of people and and everybody is so positive and and you start to you look around, you think this is what this is what cannabis use looks like. It's not mm-hmm. the criminalized narrative. It is yes. there is another side to it. I mean, the criminalization has created its own narrative. But having this safe, welcoming, positive space to see, you know, other types of people, college students, grandparents, retirees, veterans, lawyers, doctors, just a huge range of people. Um, it, it, I just think that there's so much value in that, like, so that other people can see that um, it doesn't, that stigma that's been created should, you know, we have to push back against that. And that's what's so special about hemp and what, what has been so special about what hemp has been able to do is it, it has laid a lot of that framework for uh, pushing back against that stigma and um, being able to be present as a legal form of cannabis um, that is safe and, and doesn't contain um, psychoactive elements. I, I think it's just been such a special contribution from the hemp plant. I mean, as you can tell, I think hemp is the bomb. I think hemp does everything. <laughs> I think it's the best. <laughs> but um, but socially uh, and culturally, on a community level, I, I absolutely do think that's been part of the the impact. So, and it is just always a very fun and positive experience down there at the UPIX. Yeah, it's, it sure sounds like it. And I cannot wait to personally go down and, and check it out and <laughs> yeah. experience it for myself. I'm, I'm so, so excited about that. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so, Grace, uh, last question I always like to ask guests. Um, you in particular have, you know, gone through so much from different career paths to being in London to coming back to North Carolina, um, organizing, developing everything related to hemp on the farm. Um, and so 
what would you say is, you know, one of the, one of the best lessons or, or golden nuggets that maybe you've picked up along the way um, on this journey with the hemp farm that maybe, you know, looking back on it, you say to yourself, I probably wouldn't have learned this or I wouldn't have experienced this if I was in a more traditional industry or in a more traditional career path. Mm, uh, golden nugget. I, I feel like, I feel like I have buckets of golden nuggets after <laughs> years of growing hemp. I mean, it is, it has changed. Um, my gosh, it has changed the way that I think in a lot of ways. Um, I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I tend to be an anxious person. I like to have uh, things under control. Um, and for a while, uh, I was, as you say, I was proceeding along a pretty, pretty linear and traditional um, path there with my career. Um, but, you know, when in hemp farming, number one, because it was so new and number two, because I had no experience, mm -hmm. none of us did. Um, it was this adventure that really forced me to accept and even sometimes embrace uh, chaos and mm. that things will go wrong because it's farming. It's not an if, it's a when things are going to go wrong. Um, I learned that 99% of farming is done on the back foot. You just, um, you wake up and you basically, you, you go to your field and go, all right, what went wrong overnight? What did we forget yesterday that we're gonna find out today? Um, there's so much learning, um, but if you can embrace that, then you can find a ton of joy in that. And it really helped me identify more of my confidence and personally and um, my, my you know, dealing with my issues of self-doubt. It, it really has helped me find some inner strength but essentially it's, you know, it's really adapting to rolling with the punches and it, you know, mistakes will be made. I mean, I've made so many mistakes. Um, and I have a plant that I love named Cookie and I named her Cookie because mm -hmm. she's so tough. She's a tough cookie. I've made so many mistakes with her <laughs> she, and yet she'll, she'll be on death's door and then she'll bounce back. And I'm like, okay, now I learned how, how if I almost kill a plant that way, now I know how to fix that. So it's been a learning process. Um, and I have, le I have learned a lot about that. And I think uh, maybe a lot of us, especially if you've been working in a traditional setting or maybe you've been doing the same thing for a long time, um, you may not have the confidence to try something slightly different, even if it's not a quote unquote side hustle or a career change, maybe it's just a different hobby that might, that might lead you to meet different people. Um, you know, it, you, you might be surprised at the confidence that you can find and, and the capability that you can find. I promise you that um, if I can go from, <laughs> if I can go from academia and writing press releases to growing an acre of this crop that, you know, is it's actually, I know they say it's a weed, but it is actually very hard to grow. There's a reason there's not a lot of growers around these days, but um, you know, it's just a lesson in don't, you know, you, you might be surprised at what you're capable of if you, if you, if you think outside the box a little bit. That's, a, that's great advice. And I think so many folks in the cannabis space can, can relate where there, you, there is this sense of, a little bit more control in the more traditional uh, paths or, you know, just everyday routines. And then once you jump into being involved with, with cannabis, 
that kind of all just goes out the window. And like you said, so perfectly, you just learn to roll with the punches and you kind of Mm -hmm. just, you know, hang the boots up and you say, you know what? I can't control it. I kind of have to learn how to adapt, just like how the plant learns to adapt with different conditions, different lighting, different temperatures. It's kind of what we're supposed to do. And so I think that's amazing advice. Uh, Grace, thank you so much for just coming on the show, sharing insight, sharing your experiences and letting us all in on what Mary Hill Hemp is all about. And so for listeners who might want to connect with you or check out the farm, learn more about the farm, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, so definitely visit our website, maryhillhemp.com. You can buy our organic CBD hemp there and we ship free nationwide. Um, You can also sign up to our newsletter there where we announce um, updates like volunteer days at the farm, uh, pick your owns, our harvest parties are always really fun. That's later in the season. Um, And also follow us on Instagram. Um, It's just at Mary Hill Hemp. We like to post little peeks into what the what the season is is like every year um, and then uh, have some fun. Uh, maybe re- we always do a variety reveal of what we're going to be growing that year. So definitely our website, newsletter and Instagram. Um, and then when the time comes, come and see us at our pick your owns. That's awesome. Thank you so much for all of that, Grace. And uh, we will definitely, definitely be, be coming down to check out the, the pick your owns. I think that's just going to be so much fun. Thank you. I'll be really glad to see you out there. You'll be a VIP guest. Okay. Awesome. Super excited about it. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the major journey podcast. We will catch you all next time. Thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts. Go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, capital markets analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, the talking hedge and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out the Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at the Talking Hedge. You can find me at the thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.